Hello and welcome to episode 864 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, November 12th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined by Justin Mason this morning. Justin, happy PS5 release day. Oh, man. I'm so excited for the PS5 that I am going to, like, load up my PS2, which is the only game system I have, and, like, play some Tony Hawk Pro Skater, too. Just in honor. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, I might not mind. I, uh, I got one. Order one on Amazon when they were doing the first pre-orders. It's on its way. It's in Texas. It's 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 in the general vicinity, so it can be here any moment. <laughs> you stalk in that driver. Oh, you better believe it. It's not guaranteed until eight. Like you know, eight p.m. is the the drop dead time. But uh, whew, I can't wait. I can't wait. And. Had a friend in stream last night say, uh, "Here, check this thing out. Where you could uh, you could get a uh, code to NBA 2K21 for PS5 if you're a content creator. You basically just have to tell them like why you deserve one, this, that, and the other." I did. Woke up this morning. I got it. So I got uh, I got NBA 2K waiting for me. Uh, I can play MLB 20. It's backward compatible, so I can put that on the PS4. Nice. Is so, it backward compatible to my PS2 games? That would be forward compatible. Oh, uh, wait. Oh, no. You're saying no. to your PS2. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. I, that I don't know, actually. I don't know how far back it goes. I don't know PS3. Probably not PS2, but I don't like, know if it even does PS3 or not. If I pay 600 bucks or whatever it costs for a PS5, am I able to, to play, play Crash your... Bandicoot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important. It's yeah. important to know if you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm out if that. If that's not allowed. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. By the way, quick recommendation. Gotta watch Queen's Gambit. Oh yeah. You're, you're a chess guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, I'm a chess. Even if guy. you're not. Even if you're not. I know how to play chess. I played it when I was younger a little bit, very little bit, like. I know the basics of the moves. Anybody with any skill would decimate me in like five moves. But so I'm telling you where, where my level's at, and I still greatly enjoyed it. I thought I thought they did an amazing job with it. Really, really loved it. And um, I happened on it very weirdly. I was going to Netflix to watch a community episode to fall asleep to because they were talking about it on a uh, YouTube video I was watching. And I've seen so many episodes. I've seen the episodes so many times. I can I, I can play them out in my mind's eye if I just hear it. So I was like, oh, I'll fall asleep to that. And Queen's Gambit was sitting there staring me in the face. And I was like, I've heard about this. Let me try this. And I watched three episodes right then and there in bed and staying up till like five in the morning. So highly recommend it, particularly for you as a chess nerd. But even if you're not, you got to do it. So good. Um, but it's baseball time. It is. We're back on second base. Yeah. It was so so deep. We talked so much about uh, the first groups of guys that uh, we had to we had to two part this, and there's a lot still to cover. Now we're not gonna discuss everybody in detail. This first group we are. This is the first group here of uh, eight or nine that we're gonna get into. Um, let me see. That's yeah, nine that we're gonna talk about each one of these guys. But then we're going to have to start picking and choosing as we get to the next groups. Or this would be like a three-hour deal, which we're not above doing, but we have a hard stop this time. So let's dive in. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the three-hour deal when the actual previews come. Like Correct. You in know. January, February. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. All right. 
Group on the Rise, Jake Cronenworth, Dylan Moore, Tommy Edmond, Nick Madrigal, Nick Solak, Gavin Lux, Andres Jimenez, Garrett Hampson, and Ty France. This, for me, this is this is the group, man. I really like the the players in question here. Several of them are uh, intriguing to me to where I, I, I'm very open to rostering more than one. And as we've already talked about, and we'll probably continue to beat the drum as we do these, a lot of positional flexibility all around the diamond. So you can get so many different guys. Like if you like three guys at a position, you might be able to put one in the outfield, one at third and one at second base. Let's just start at the top. Rake Cronenworth out in San Diego. I'm a huge fan of this guy. Um, became became a fan this year. I, I can't pretend to have known anything about Jake Cronenworth coming in. We talked about him in the Tommy Pham deal as like an afterthought. I remember bringing up that he pitched. I was, you know, we talked about him, but didn't really say anything too uh, much. I, I was like, eh, he's he's not worth anything. Like NL yeah. only reserve list, maybe. Exactly. He was the 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 extra piece. You mm-hmm. know, he really wasn't supposed to be any sort of like headliner in this deal at all. Well, things start to open up. Playing time starts to happen. And he takes off, and he was awesome, and he was he was a viable Rookie of the Year candidate. Ended up getting second place um, in the National League to the uh, to the winner Devin Williams. Oh, excuse me, third place, third place, third place. Oh no, he was tied. That's why I was like, why did BRF put a two there? He tied with Alec Bone. They dead even seventy four points apiece. But uh, Cronenworth was awesome. Two eighty four, three fifty four, four seventy seven, four homers, three steals. Has legit speed. I've comped him to the next um, Ben Zobrist. He doesn't switch hit. A little, there's a little bit of difference there. But uh, because of the positional flexibility, the fact that he doesn't strike out, he takes his walks, has power and speed, that's what got me. And, and, and is a little bit of a late bloomer. He was uh, 26 this year. That's what got me on the Ben Zobrist comp. But I think it's legit, and I think he's he's going to be a legit stud so that's where I'm at on Cronenworth. I, I, I'm a big fan of this guy. How, how do you come out on Cronenworth? I like Cronenworth. I, I don't think I'm as high on him as you are. I, oh, let's see. What, what do you, he hit? Just one home run. Or no, no, sorry. I'm looking at his playoff stats. Four home runs, three stolen bases. I mean, that's, I mean, is he like a 15-15 guy to you or like a 10-20 guy, something like that? Yeah, like a 15-15. I mean, depending on how much he runs, Mm -hmm. could be like a 15-20. I mean, 92nd percentile sprint speed, uh, solid home to first numbers. It's all there. And if they keep the pedal to the metal in San Diego, I don't know why he couldn't. Blood red in many categories, no worse than pink in the particular hitting categories. Exit, velo, hard hit, barrel. Those are the pink ones. Everything else is bloody. I love um, the blood red in the XBA. Like that to me, like the fact that he's, you know, he barrels the ball a good amount. But, I mean, his his batting average, I think, should maintain the 285, if not mm-hmm. go up a little bit. I do wonder what the power is going to be like and what the what the stolen base would be like. Steamer 600 is up, and I, I always love looking at, at the Steamer 600. So Where do, they, where do they have him? They have him as 
11, 11, 273, 344, 409. So That's light. I think I, light. I feel like that is light, especially with Profar being gone. Yeah. Uh, he gets and, everyday and playing time. Going to my Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> Every day, second is that the, I haven't heard that rumor. So yeah, that, rumor. That, that no, that's just where um, uh, trade rumors put him, and I'm completely here for it. And and an an actual rumor is the Tigers talking to Taiwan Walker. I did who's see also that one. Mm-hmm. If Tigers signed two 28 year old free agents like that, that is exactly what a rebuilding team should do. I, I don't mean to take it off on a tangent about my Tigers, but I, I would mm-hmm. absolutely love both of those moves but you're right Profar being gone secures Colonel Wars playing time like mm-hmm. he's got that job he does not have to worry about that aspect of it and that's huge I think like 10 15 to 90 that's that, that's right and you you highlighted the batting average is where he could really mm-hmm. take off yeah and, and well and that's... in the counting categories because I mean, he's not going to... I don't think he's going to bat lower than six, though. I mean, that is a loaded lineup. Um, so, that... I mean, that that becomes another question, is where does he bat in this order? Yeah, that, I mean, that certainly does become a question, and I don't know that there's a lot of uh, scalability for Cronenworth to, to really jump up there. They've got a pretty set... Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty set top of the order... He's but probably, yeah, I think six. Like you put him in between Fam and Myers in the five seven holes. Yeah, does that make? And I could see him taking five away from Fam. Yeah. The problem is you've got other guys who could take five away from Fam too. With yeah, with Nola and I mean Myers. I don't think it's stuff. out of bounds to see Cronenworth at the top of the lineup at some point though. But too. I mean, this this is a stacked lineup to the point where it's probably not going to be the worst. Doesn't play. matter. Doesn't matter where he is. It's just, exactly. It just matters in terms of how many plate appearances we've just volume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it does matter from a volume standpoint, but he's going to be one of those guys because of the team that he's on. It's going to mitigate. Mm-hmm. The the volume hit of batting sixth or seventh for Cronenworth. So I don't know. I just is, I really is this like the best him. lineup in baseball. Uh, may well be. Um, I mean, this is a team like I, I know people were stoked on him coming in, but like they've got a great bullpen. Um, their rotation they have is for another year too, by the way. Yeah, and then this lineup is just. I mean, they're the they've got to be the World Series favorites. At least to me, yeah. they are. Think well, the Dodgers. I, I mean, I, I like the Dodgers, and I, re- uh, I hate the Dodgers, but I like the I Dodgers think, as a team. <laughs> I think the Dodgers are still the favorites over them, but they're the Dodgers are right there. I think this, I think this I think they're a better team, especially if I we think, project any growth. I think you get fatigue from the Maybe. Dodgers, just being that 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 team that's there every year. That they're still better. All right, but I like I like this. Uh, I, I like this Padres team. The pitching is just markedly better, I think. I, After yeah, I think we you're don't right. even trust Lamette, and he dominated. Well, this year. and Lamette and Clevenger's injury history. Does, yeah. does Davies take a step back? Does Paddock rebound? What are they going to do in that fifth spot? Morion, Patino, like what, who, who do they go to? The pen is nice though. I do like the pen. I think mm-hmm. it's deeper than LA's pen, mm-hmm. but uh, that's the only advantage they have right now for me. But I, I love this team. Um, I love Cronenworth. I think I, I think the power has legitimacy to it, to where he should be in a full season. He should be projected for more than ten. Okay. Um, 
I think I think fifteen is. is I think a good I'm gonna number. project conservatively and project you know ten. 10 to 12 home runs, something like that, and then anything on top of it is gravy. Uh, I mean, this is, I was telling you before we started, I'm in the middle of a NFBC uh, 50 draft, so 12 team with 50-man rosters, and we're right in this spot, like right around pick 170, where a lot of these guys we're talking about in this section are going to go off the board. The only one out of the group that's gone is the, the next guy on the list, which is Dylan Moore. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, if you want to just pass up on the second baseman or if you've got the flexibility because a lot of them have the multi-position eligibility, like this is a, a great spot to take your MI, to double tap and take your second base and MI, uh, to grab guys that have the multi-position eligibility that can really help give you roster flexibility. So I really do like this group right here. It started with Cronenworth. Yeah, it, it's a strong group. And let's move into to Dylan Moore and talk about another power speed option. Now, he doesn't quite have the same plate profile that keeps that floor high the way Cronenworth does. Um, he strikes out a bit more. He does take his walks, though. He had 9% each of the last two years. Pretty steady there. Did shave the strikeout rate from 33% back in 19 down to 27%. A lot more palatable under 30. Um, hit 255, 358, 496, 8 homers, 12 steals. For Dylan Moore, and that's with missing some time. He only played 38 games. Imagine what he could have done uh, if he doesn't miss that time due to injury. Went 9-11 and 11, uh, in 2019 in 282 plate appearances. So you add it all up. He's got 441 plate appearances, 17 homers, 23 steals. 23 for 37, though. So a little wobbly on the, pa- on the base path. He was 11 for 20 in 19, 12 for 17 this year. So obviously the the twelve for seventeen can definitely that that plays uh, quite a bit better, but that's right there on that line, seventy one percent. You gotta be careful. But he's in Seattle. I don't think they're gonna slow him down right now, uh, as long as he stays at least in that range or better. Um, that eleven for for twenty though that that won't play. Batting average not what you're getting here, but you're paying for the big counting categories and and you know. Maybe maybe he spikes a decent batting average because of his speed and uh, and and pop. But I like Dylan Moore just quite a bit too, and I think he could be a nice power speed option. He's right up your alley, of course, because the batting average is not really there. And, and although I know there's not really an avenue where I think he would spike a big one, but you never know. Even the guys who strike out, you know, we see guys like Will Myers, you know, have a big batting average here and there too. So you you, you never really know. Um, Dylan Moore though, also late bloomer. 27 this year what can he do in a full season Ooh, that's a difficult question because i do, like a, like i like these guys who have the the batting average uh variance that like you said you, you in a in a lucky season uh you know or the luck's on their side they get to you know pop that uh that big you know season with the counting categories and then add you know a better than you know expected batting average the issue with Morris I think we saw that already in 2020 mm-hmm. like I think that I don't think he's got a ton of upward mobility in the batting average department and so I think those people who might want to plug in like a 250 batting average uh, in their projections are likely to be disappointed so that being said, if you can sustain like a 230, uh, he definitely has power. He definitely has speed. He barrels the ball quite a bit. He was 89th percentile in, in barrel percentage. 
But he does strike out quite a bit. He's not a very good defender. One of those uh, kind of typical utility men who uh, do, do, doesn't have a concrete spot necessarily because he's not necessarily good anywhere. Then, yeah. But he's good enough yeah. to play <laughs> jack of all trades, master of none type of Bingo. type of defender. Um, uh, unlike his his uh, teammate Ev, Evan White, who's a premium defender at the, his position, so um, <laughs> <laughs> as we well know, and have never yes, suggested otherwise. Never suggested otherwise. Uh, so I'm I worry that I mean here's Arbor. I worry that if he's striking out, you know, thirty three percent of the time, like he did in 2019, he ends up back in a uh, off-the-bench type of role. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's nice that he's on kind of a crappy rebuilding team. Not that, I mean, I, I like the way they're rebuilding, but they're not going to be, I don't think they're going to be competitive in, in 2021, or at least I don't expect them to be. Uh, and so they have no reason not to play him and try to build up, you know, kind of continue to build up his trade value at the trade deadline. Yeah, and we know how much Depoto loves the trade. He, mm-hmm. he he flipped he flipped Nola on a high, mm-hmm. uh, being that he's he, age thirty he and there's his no mother. reason. <laughs> like he'll, well, trade, he'll trade anyone. Um, yeah, nobody nobody's safe there. And so Dylan Moore doesn't necessarily have to be a part of their of their future. I could definitely see uh, Depoto wanting to deal him, and. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Like I said, this basically the same principle as the Austin Nola thing. If Dylan Moore is killing it around the deadline and they're bad again, as I think is expected, like you said, I, I don't know that we're pinning them for a big season in any capacity. Um, they, they could move more, and that'd be fine because he'd go to a contender. And as long as he didn't get stuck in a bench roll, there wouldn't be any problems with that, you know? Yeah, I can't even find his team or 600. Maybe he's listed in the outfielders, and that's the, the problem. But oh, Yeah, that might, might be. Uh, yeah, let's let's find that real quick before we move on to our next guy, Tommy Edmond, because I am interested in what Steamer has, has for him there. Um, is he going to – I'm going to look up if he's going to be their primary second baseman or – That's that's where we have him as. Okay, so here yeah, we go. Um, Dylan Moore, we have him – looks like – two home runs in 13 he's so far down the list it's kind of oh wait no okay so this team or 600 i think he doesn't play hold on hold on you need to go by team right 20 18 home runs 26 stolen bases okay there you go 18 and 26 222 298 378 they have concerns about the about the slash line which isn't out of bounds. We, you know, it's not unfounded based Which means on what he. It's so. I mean, there. My guess is when they project out his actual playing time, it's going to look more like uh, three hundred and fifty plate appearances. Yes. Yes. Here's my problem with Moore: is he is in the drafts I've done so far? Is he's going as the top guy in this group, um, and sometimes above guys in the previous group. Uh, like uh, Mike Moustakis. Um, and he, he did do that in the draft I'm currently in. And so I just don't know that I want... I don't prefer him over Edmund and Cronenworth and Solak. 
Um, and even a guy like Andres Jimenez. I, I think he, uh, I think Jimenez is probably the guy he most likely resembles in terms of potential and playing time issues, uh, potential playing time issues. Eager to talk about Jimenez here um, shortly when we get to him because I don't know how to feel about him, and you're, you're speaking pretty well of him. So I like will, Jimenez a lot. We, we will definitely get into him. So, so Dylan Moore, you know, I can't, I can't do it at this price. And that's probably my biggest concern as well. Um, I I am tempted by a power speed combo though. I really mm-hmm. I really am. Uh, but so is the market. So yeah. that that's this the is thing. usually a guy I would love to target, but I want to target him around two twenty. I don't want to target him in the top one fifty, and that's where I've seen him go. Yeah, I I could pay it. I could pay. In fact, I, I did an article recently looking at four four unexpected breakouts from this year, and talked about more and said I I, I could pay that price for a near lock of a, a, a double double, uh, and it's pretty much a lock. I, we just don't know how many games we're going to play. If it's if it's a full season, he's a lock. I think for a double double, which is ten plus homers and steals for more. Bad batting average, but you can plan around it. And if he if he can repeat the two fifty five, then it's not even bad. So you know, I, I'm in. I'm in, and I, I could even pay this price. I don't think I'll have to because, or I don't think I necessarily will be because I'll be buying other guys. But it's not cost prohibitive for me. But I totally get you that you'd really be amped up if you were just a bit cheaper, and if he was going in the one seventy five plus range, you know, maybe if he had only hit like. 230 this year and, and so he really wasn't drawing that much attention but he had a really good season so that's why he's drawing oh, on his player page let's see steamer and depth charts um have him at 113 games played um 490 or 471 plate appearances depending on which one you're looking at and they say 1520 pretty much with a 222 batting average see I, again, I'm willing to do that. I mean, that uh, you know, I'll take the, the Justin bat- Moore yeah. Mason uh, uh, approach there, and I'll plan around the batting average. I just that power speed combo is really not and two positions, second base and outfield. Which, as you said, and you know, again, we'll, we'll probably be nauseating with how often we repeat it. Not going to play as big of a factor this year because so many others have that capability. So it's not you're not getting the edge. In fact, it's going to be so plentiful that you're just going to be behind the curve if you don't have flexibility. If you somehow find four, five, six of the guys that don't have the dual eligibility, you're just going to be way behind the curve as far as that goes. So, uh, But I like more. I, I'm, I'm in. I could even pay that price. I'm eager to see where he goes in the uh, in, in the in the more um, the non NFBC type market. I know mm-hmm. uh, I, I can I kind of consider your two early mocks to be an NFBC type market because it's a lot of the industry folks who play in the NFBC. So I'll be, I'll be interested. Yeah. To see where yeah goes. I think in non NFBC leagues, not, I mean, you're, you know, traditional home leagues, ESPN, Yahoo. Like, I think he's going to be extremely undervalued. Um, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I think that, if you're that, playing in leagues with a bunch of sharps, um, then he's going to go higher than I'm willing to pay. So I think it's really going to be league dependent. Yeah. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on, on Moore's price there. But, you know, if it comes between Moore and Cronenworth, I'm going Cronenworth 10 out of 10 times. That's my guy. Uh, Tommy Edmond in St. Louis. Um, quietly was a 
okay. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. 250, 317, 368, five homers, two steals. The two steals was the problem. If he'd had eight steals, you know, six more stolen bases, I think the rest of it would have been, even the 250, which you, you were expecting a better average from him because he makes a lot of contact. He's got speed. He hit 304 in the, the 349 plate appearances in 2019. You were expecting, you know, better there. And he was 15 for 16 on the basis. So to see him go two for six this year, surprising. And it, just another great example that shows the volatility of, of steals. You'd have never put him for two for six. You'd have never done that for Edmund after seeing um, his efficiency all throughout the minors and then a f- 15 for 16 in the majors. Well, two-month volatility and I, I don't know, made some bad decisions, and all of a sudden he's two for six, and that really tanked his season. So he wasn't very good overall because he didn't give you that speed, and that's what you were really getting Tommy Edmund for. So where do you go from here? You have the great debut in 349 plate appearances, a pretty meh 227 this year. Add it all up, it's a 16 homer, 17 steal, 283 line with in 576 plate appearances. Pretty good overall there if you add it all up. But is that what you can expect going into this year? Or how do you feel about Tommy Edmond in, in a full season? Oh, I mean, here's the thing. In Cardinals players especially, I mean, I think pitchers as well, but, uh, but especially the hitters, I'm giving a lot of them a pass. They had okay. such a weird schedule with, like, the 17 days off because they had – uh, quarantining, and I think they had 11 doubleheaders. Um, oh, like, yeah, that's right. That's right. They, they were the doubleheader fest. You know, it it was, it was, and they may have actually had more than that, but I know they had like 11 after a certain point. <laughs> so it's uh, like, it's a season in which I'm sure the team didn't want to do things that could potentially get people hurt. Including, including stealing bases. Yeah. Um, they don't want to lose a big factor. Like, uh, even though he wasn't playing that well, he's still very important to that. Yeah. He was very important to that team. Um, the Steamer 600 has him at 14 home runs, 15 stolen bases, 267, mm-hmm. 321, 410. I think that's light on the stolen bases, honestly. Um, and I, I think that... Like he's going in that same spot as as Moore, and he's actually I've seen him go quite a bit after Moore. Uh, for instance, like still available in the draft um, I'm in right now, and we're in. Uh, we just started the 15th round. Moore went in the bottom or back of the eighth. Um, so uh, I really like Edmund as kind of a guy. I think he's like triple or quadruple eligible. Like he's he's out he's eligible at second, third, short, and outfield. Damn. And uh, and I think he is a guy that could be like fifteen twenty. See, so many guys are going to have like the two spots that the guys like Edmund are going to be the, the the guys to get with four, three, and three, three, four position spots are going to be the uh, the, outfield, the rarity now. The outfield eligibility added on is. Uh, is huge. Like I to agree. be able to go from the infield, the outfield, to be to be able to play, you know, the CI, MI, and outfield all at the same time. Uh, super value. I really like Tommy Edmond, and I think uh, P 
people are going to sleep on him because of what he did this year and because, you know, his quote-unquote breakout season kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, for sure. Uh, he was not getting any any real love. And, and you know, again, I would have to go back and look, and maybe I will to kind of assess, you know, what the hell happened with the, uh, with the steals there. Because it wasn't speed. The speed did not mm-hmm. tangibly come down. Uh, in any real no, way, nine, like from 95th, 97th percentile to 95th. 95th, yeah. And his home to first is still strong because that's what, you should look at like the home to first splits uh, almost more than the sprint speed as far as trying to judge what you can get uh, stolen base wise. The sprint speed does not correlate perfectly, but when you're at the, when you're in the top three and five percentiles, the way he has been each of the last two years. That's saying something. It's it's more in the in those middle ranges where the sprint speed is in a perfect uh, uh, correlation to steals. But yeah, I don't think he's a two for six kind of guy. I believe more in the fifteen for sixteen because that fits along with his track record. You're right. It's a goofy season, etc. There's not much else to say there about Tommy. And I'm with you. I will buy him too. I will be ready to buy back. And this is where we can actually get a discount. Unlike Moore and Cronenworth, who are coming off of strong seasons, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the, uh, the big concern with him is his exit velocity and his hard hit percentage. Hard hit percentage well, was twenty fifth percentile. Exit velocity, fifteenth uh, percentile. Barrel percentage, fifteenth percentile. Again, I, I'm throwing a lot of it out though. Um, he's yeah, a guy who makes okay. a ton of contact. I'm okay not getting a lot of. Po- I mean, he had eleven homers last year. With a similar profile, mm-hmm. it it was eighteenth uh, exit, eighteenth percentile exit velo, twenty first hard hit, twenty fourth barrel, forty ninth percentile x slug, all that sort of. You know, it, it was still poultry, and he popped a bunch of homers, you know. But even if that, even if all I get is eight homers in a full season, if it comes with twenty two steals, and a two eighty five average, sign me the hell up with the quadruple eligibility too. Yeah, I, I think so, that's the key is, I mean, he makes a lot of contact, 90% zone contact percentage, 82% overall contact percentage, 70% uh, O contact Like, he makes a ton of contact, and, you know, he, all he's got to do is get on base and, and then steal. So it's uh, that's what we're looking for. Just made myself a little post-it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up these uh, caught stealings. I want to see what happened on these. Because it's it's weird to see him be so bad two for six like that that's really bad, um, and I want to see why why it happened. Nick Madrigal next first of the two Nicks that we're going to discuss here. Um, shoulder injury, as mm-hmm. I believe, uh, what what cut him down. Yep, and he had surgery on it now too, so he's going to need five to six months recovery from October tenth. So that's going to be right around the oh, that's going to be coming up against it. He's going to be yeah. kind of getting back June or not June, excuse me, uh, March, April. Mm-hmm. So, eesh. Well, I'm not drafting him. I'm not either. I'll already say that. I'll already say that. Um, I'm not. I'm not drafting him then, based on that. But let's talk about him. Um, just because we're not drafting him doesn't mean we 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 can't talk we can't talk about him. Looked like he was going to be the guy that we expect. In the time that he did get 340 average, uh, only only was two for three on the bases, but that's 109 plate appearances. He's gonna run, and he's got the speed to do it. Um, let's talk about him more first in, 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 on the whole, and, and what you think he can do from say 
May on when when he's healthy, uh, and then we can get into you know the the draft aspect and the shoulder stuff. But but let's talk about him on the whole here because I don't think this is. I mean, he doesn't hit for power anyway. So how much do you think this shoulder is going to hurt him? It could, it could mitigate the exit velo he does have and maybe hurt the average. But I, I don't know if, if even that's a concern. Like, well, what do you think? I'm just passing it off to you. What do you think on, on uh, Madrigal here? Because like I said, we're not drafting him, but what, what, what would we do? I'm thinking uh, peak if Joe will. Panic. Peak with, Joe Panic. No, with, that's so spe- with speed. Okay. Okay. So, like a guy I who loved Joe Panic, by the way, I just yeah. want to point out. And Joe Panic in his, you know, you know, good season, uh, two eighty eight, ten home runs, four stolen bases. So maybe you flop that and go, you know, five home runs, uh, twenty stolen bases. I I worry about the opportunities um, for him. Uh, you know the. The uh, the White Sox weren't a team that ran a ton to begin with, and now they've got Larusa, who was a manager and towards you know his years in St. Louis didn't run much either. Um, so I do worry. I mean, I I think they're you know guys like Robert are gonna have the green light, but a young guy that isn't proven that's coming off of a shoulder injury. How much are they going to let him run? Oh yeah, because diving in, mm-hmm. and then maybe it was one of the it. same concerns we had about uh, Mondesi coming into twenty twenty exactly. was coming off the shoulder injury. Are they going to let him run? Now they did. The answer was in, yes. Yes, yeah, they did. <laughs> it was unquestionably. They're like, yes. listen, you can't hit right now, so you might as well just run. Um, exactly. And then you know the hitting came eventually. I just don't know that that's going to be the same answer with Madrigal and. And then the injury. The injury is what keeps him off my draft list. Um, yeah, yeah. Unless we get some not. really good news in February and we see him playing in games in March. Uh, but, you know, those of you who are like me that do drafts all all the way through uh, kind of the off season as, you know, prep and uh, just because we're bored, uh, I think he's off my draft list right now. Yeah, because, again, if he's returning – you know, five to six months that puts him March, April. I, I'm just not. I'm just not driving a guy who's already hurt, and and we don't really know how it's going to affect him. And like you said, if it does undercut how much they let Nick Madrigal run, then that really, yeah, really just eats his value up. And so it's like, eh, forget I'm, all. I'm not all overly that. worried about like the lack of power. I mean, he yeah. makes so much contact. Ninety-five point five percent zone contact percentage. Uh, 92.4% overall contact percentage. I mean, this is a guy that his swinging strike rate was 3.3%. Dude, he does not like miss. He, yeah. Um, his con- contact is the name of the game with Madrigal with his speed. He's going to hit for average. He's going to steal some bases. You might get one homer in a full season, to it, be honest. He struck out 6.4% of the time this year. And that is clearly the highest of any stop along his career and probably will come down. He just doesn't strike out. Insane. So, Insane. Yeah, I mean, he's... Well, here's the comp. I mean, he he's Luis Arias with, uh, with speed. Yep. He's what yep, we that's... would like Luis Arias to be. He's what Arias ended up being. If you go look, he got, he got on track. But Arias doesn't steal. Is that 
Arise doesn't steal. Like how many steals? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I thought you meant like. Uh, yeah, I thought you were suggesting like he didn't hit that well this year because he started off poorly with the batting. Yeah, average. yeah. Um, he was hitting like wow, he did hit three twenty one this year. What's that? I, I I'm actually I am surprised that Arise hit three twenty one. Um, as of August eleventh, so fifteen games into the season, and he only played thirty two games. By the way, he missed some time uh, missed due to time, health. Yeah. As of that time, as of August fifteenth, he was hitting two. Uh, August eleventh, he was hitting two sixteen. Mm-hmm. From that point forward, he hit four ten. Yeah, so like maybe we're like, two home runs, eighteen stolen bases. Like you and that, know, with you a good batting average, time, yeah, like, or, or, or at least like the the challenged time at the beginning yeah, of the year. So like, I think yeah. that works. Two fifteen plus if you were healthy from the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a matter of can you take the empty or the lack of power at the position. So it's going to be, it. yeah, it's going to be contextual of where you're at in that draft, you know, in the draft or auction, whether or not you can afford to take a power sink. Yeah, I mean, again, if you just plan around it and, uh, you know, it's, it's an easy one to name, but, like, he and Joey Gallo, Madrigal and Joey Gallo mm-hmm. seem like a wonderful combination. Yeah. So, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, let's go to our, our, our name, though. Solak. That's our boy. Our boy, yeah. And uh, and he came, he came through in terms of getting that playing time on lock, getting double eligible. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting second and outfield now. And um, he didn't have as much pop as I think we both thought he might. He only had two homers, but he stole seven bases. And he hit a very respectable 268. He also hit one off of Joe Adele. It was not counted as a homer. And I think it should have been, to be honest. It reminds me of the of the Canseco. Canseco one. So how the hell was it not a homer? Mm-hmm. I think there was like a, a, a distance away from the fence type of deal that made it not a homer, but... As somebody, and at that point he hadn't hit one yet, and he was kind of grinding, mm-hmm. he was kind of struggling, and I was like, "Give the man the homer for crying out <laughs> loud!" But uh, yeah, you know, he wasn't the power wasn't really there. But I actually think there's a lot more power than this 077 ISO that we saw, and I think he was starting to kind of get his feel just as the season ended. So I'm eager to, I'm still fully in on Solak. By the way, I'm eager to see what he can do with a full season in 21 um i trust that you're still in on our guy oh yeah. absolutely and so is steamer steamer 600 on solak 19 home runs 10 stolen bases 266 batting average yeah we love it um uh yeah i'm totally in on solak again this is just a tier right here that i'm totally willing to double tap from uh i love the you know the second base and outfield eligibility uh i think that uh, the Rangers, well, it'd be interesting to see what the Rangers do, but they weren't willing yeah. to give him playing time, concrete playing time early, but he, he definitely became a everyday player for him, and I expect I expect him to continue to be that everyday player moving forward. He took it and showed that he, that he was deserving of it. Like I said, even though you're going to look at the line if you didn't follow him and say, what do you mean he deserved it? He had a 671 OPS. Again, if you watched him, and I, I ended up watching him a lot due to, you know, being Texas, we had the nat, the, the local channel there um, and everything. So I watched probably more Texas games than I normally would, uh, given that they're not very good. I feel like he was he was showing himself for what he could be 
in that second part of the season there, uh, particularly in like mid-August to early September. I think he was having a run there where I was like, okay, this is the guy we were expecting. Once that power clicks, and I, I think it's there. I mean, we saw it a bit in uh, in, in 19, 135 plate appearances only, but a 198 ISO. We saw it in the minors. There's punch in this bat. I don't buy the 077. I'm more than willing to uh, to bet that that regresses back toward his and, his. and our depth charts have him batting fifth in this lineup. And while I know the season was disappointing for them, that's still a pretty decent lineup. No. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I, I think it is. I, no, no. I, stand firm. Stand firm. Because I, I actually do. Um, they they underperformed aggressively this mm-hmm. year. They were they were really bad, and that was supposed to be like a decent part of their of their squad. And uh, if that pitching had come through with 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 Lynn and uh, Kluber and Miner as the top three. Mm-hmm. Well, Miner took forever to get going. Lynn was excellent, but then Kluber got hurt. Like it, it, everything fell apart for them in fact the one spot that they didn't have coming into the year was the only good spot or bright spot was the uh, bullpen they actually put together some bullpen pieces there with uh, montero jonathan hernandez jolie rodriguez but uh, yeah the offense cratered i still believe in it though i'm a big leone Tavares guy mm-hmm. willie calhoun i still think has upside gallo's good although this his... is a team if, if a major league offense was built by justin mason Yes. This would be that team. Yes. It's like yes. a bunch of guys that uh, have a wide range of outcomes, and you're just hoping it all comes together. 100%. 100%. So, yeah, we're big Solak guys. Um, all right, we got a few more guys in this group. We do need to pick up the pace. Uh, we might have to do part three. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Gavin Lux. Um, I don't want to fall victim to what I criticize the fantasy community for doing all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say I'm out on him because I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's been 151 plate appearances across two seasons, disjointed within that 151 even. So, yeah, it's been bad. 210, 278, 377 in that time, uh, including a much worse line this year in his 69 not nice plate appearances 175 246 349 five homers three steals uh, in the combined sample three and one this year he's 23 years old though again i'm i'm just i'm not out it can't get me to jump out that quickly and the price is right to buy now too because the hype isn't there because the fantasy community at large is moving on from him a bit and moving him down though if he finds his way into that starting lineup and they're like, yes, he's our starting second baseman or whatever coming into the year, he'll be a uh, spring training riser without a doubt. So mm-hmm. if you really do love Lux, get, get some early, early drafts, drafts going. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's your, that's going to be your best bet. But uh, where do you come out on him? Because again, it has been bad, but the samples are, are so minuscule that I, I'm reluctant to even give it much credence. I'm, I'm really torn. him. I love him as a talent. I do think he's going to be a good, major league hitter and or major league player uh and i think that uh at some point he's gonna provide fantasy goodness my biggest concern is something i think we've already talked about uh already this offseason which is the dodgers did not trust him in the playoffs he got one plate appearance and i have a hard time believing that a guy that they weren't willing to give more than one plate appearance the entire postseason um, is going to be their, you know, opening day second baseman. And so where I really like him is 
in draft and holds, in best ball, uh, places where you can stash him. Because I think there is a really good chance that he starts uh, the season back in the minors. I, I can see that, too. Although, you don't think that... I mean, you think they're going to... And I like this guy, so I'm not I'm not clowning this guy. But you, you, you don't think that he's going to start over Chris Taylor? They love Chris Taylor. As they should. He's quite and, good. I mean, I would think that they're going to bring... Enrique Hernandez back because I believe he is a free agent. Oh, you think so? See, I was I was going to bring that up next. I don't think so. Maybe not. Don't He's they just... have to start kind of playing some of their depth? Like they, I don't know. I think they Do probably they have, have like to? five other Kike Hernandezes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you're right. I guess I guess they don't have to. A lot of their depth is actually at corner, and he plays up the middle, mm-hmm. uh, at least second base. I, I think he could fake short in a pinch. But uh, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe they just say, you know what? Let's keep Kike. Let's bring the band back together. Keep Kike and Justin Taylor, and just run it right back. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially in this kind of off season where a guy like Kike is going to get a fairly affordable one year deal. They both, and I think T- Turner might be a two year super affordable deal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I that- feel that. Like and if you're them, wouldn't you want to just come back? I mean, unless oh, yeah. so, unless there's some team that goes, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna offer you way more money, um, or or somebody offers Kike a starting role. Yeah, I just don't think at day. this point in his career he's getting a starting role. I agree. He's a he's a platoon. I mean, it, it just does his best work against lefties. So he's short side platoon at that. Yeah, um, I you're, guess you're he's right, only twenty nine. Right. But 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 go look at the platoons. It, yeah it's, yeah, oh, it's for not sure. there. It's not there. Um, okay, so that's fair about Lux starting in the minors, and you know the market agrees. Um, I mean, <sighs> here's the thing about like Enrique Hernandez. He had 31 plate appearances in the postseason. Yeah, like, I know. Almost more, like, you know, just half of what. Lux got in the regular season. Like, I just, uh, I, I like, here, here's like the spot. Like, I have Lux already on a team, but it's a draft and hold where I already have two other, you know, second basemen on the team. You know, one of them's loud, they can be shifted to the outfield. Um, he's just kind of an upside luxury pick. And I think that is where he should be at this point until we have more information about what the overall construct of the Dodgers team is going to look like uh, and what his potential role will be coming into 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think all that's fair. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be buying some, uh, I'm going to be buying some Lux and I agree with you that draft and hold is the best. Good luck. I'm not, what? I said good luck. Good luck. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'll, I'm not going to stock up. Draft and holds where I'm going to get them. Maybe one or two leagues. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm just thinking about him and I'm, I'm I'm blanking on anything else to add. So let's move on. Next up, Andres Jimenez. Here we go. I'm going to let you start here because I, I don't have a feel on him. I'm not anti. I just don't have a feel. So where are we at on, on Andres Jimenez? Go ahead. Well, I mean, things could change rapidly with Jimenez depending on what the Mets do. I mean, we, we they've definitely been... Uh, kind of the most talked about team in terms of the Francisco Lindor uh, sweepstakes, but 
it seems like they're willing to kind of give him a shot over Rosario. He can play multiple positions. There's just a ton of speed in the profile. Um, and I do think he's a guy that has got a pretty decent hit tool. Uh, I mean, you look at his numbers in double A in 2019, nine home runs, 28 stolen bases. Uh, and I just, you know, if he's able to get full-time playing time, and that is a big if, uh, at, at this point, especially not knowing about whether or not the DH is going to come, I think he is a guy that could go 10-25. And, That'd be really nice. Yeah, I mean, eligible, let's see, he's eligible at second, third, and short. I just really like the profile. I think he is uh, very much like, Tommy Edmondish, um, and I think he he tends to go towards the back end of this group, uh, and sometimes mm-hmm. deeper in drafts. And I think he's that guy I want to bet on over uh, a Dylan Moore or uh, a Nick Madrigal. Madrigal for sure, and and more probably because of price. Especially if you're if you're this in on him, that makes sense totally. Yeah. And uh, locked and loaded as far as Mets playing time, you think, for MNS? That's the hard part. Um, like, I think the, the construct of this Mets team could change considerably, you know, in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, here's the thing. They seem to be the number one uh, target for Lindor. And apparently the Indians are asking for two to three MLB pieces or MLB ready pieces. And so if let's say uh you know a deal for Lindor revolves around Dominic Smith and uh in Rosario. Okay. Like, that's going to open up spots. You move JD Davis back out to left field, Jimenez mm-hmm. plays third. You know, with Lindor at short. Um I think I think I think there's gonna be room for him to play, and because he can play at so many different positions, and you know is is decent, you know, unlike a Dylan Moore type where, um, he you know he plays at different positions because he's not very good at one. Like Andre Simmons grades out as a you know average to slightly above average defender, uh, and so I, I think. Are he, you sure? You checking everybody's defense now before you comment? Okay, yeah. <laughs> According to our prospect report on him, he 55-60 field, 55-55 throw. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he's a burner in terms of like, hey, this is a guy that could steal 30, but, you know, 10-20 I think is in the realm of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, sure. I, 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 think, I think you kind of sold me. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. I, I could see myself uh, wanting to take a shot on him now because I'm gonna I'm gonna keep him on I'm gonna keep him firmly on the radar and I think the price is uh, is certainly set to buy as far as Andres Jimenez goes. That that's the big deal for me is that you know I, I think he's he's fairly priced and I have no problem uh, jumping on board. If, at, if he at, was at, rising up the ADP, I'd be I'd be fading him, but he I don't I don't, I don't think know he that will. he will. Yeah, I I don't, I, I don't even know if they're like yo. Locked and loaded playing time. If he would necessarily skyrocket up the ADP, like I, I think, even with a set in stone playing time, I think he would still be perfectly affordable. So okay, Jimenez, keep an eye on him, folks. Gets the Justin Mason stamp of approval, 
And uh, I'm intrigued. This guy used to get the sleeper in the bust. Heavy stamp of approval. Did us way dirty in 19. With that extra twist of the knife with the most brilliant September ever for Garrett Hampson. I didn't really buy back in. I was open to it. I can't pretend that I wasn't open to it. I was like, oh, I could I could see myself drafting Hampson. Never got him anywhere. Price just didn't line up with what I was doing. And I'm not mad about it because he was terrible again. 234, 287, 386, five homers, six steals. Uh, whatever. I mean, the thing of it is, you look at his full career, it's about a full season, 559 plate appearances. 13 homers, 23 steals, 245 average. That's not bad. But I just don't, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not in on the Hampson thing at this point. I need to see more. The September is not holding enough weight. He's only going to be 26, which he's about two years from when the Rockies are going to really want to play him because he's still uh, apparently way too young for them. You got you to be in your late 20s before they give you a chance there, those clowns. But, um, yeah, man, I, I just, I don't know. I look at the slash, the slash line. I'm just, I'm just not with it. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not buying, I'm not buying back in. Oh, I just don't oh, trust the Rockies. That's, I mean, it's, uh, Do you, wait, so you, you still trust him though? I mean, not necessarily, but, okay. um, like I, I do kind of want to believe in the talent, especially with. His ability to steal bases, playing in That's Colorado, he hit five home runs. Yeah, and like he did kind of play, like he hit slug. He hit. He played fifty three games. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, he, so, he got like, he they, got some playing time. They they did you know for joke for all the jokes I make they did they did give him a shot, but I think he showed they didn't really deserve it. He's yeah. in the two percent second percentile for hard hit rate second. 23% hard hit rate, and he struck out 33% of the time. Bro, if you hit for that lack of power, you can't strike out that much. Yeah. You need to turn into a con- – you need to shorten up and start making contact, dropping into that spacious outfield there when you're at home. I just – And 10 of those wow. 53 games were like pinch hit or pinch running. Substitution. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, He's finally broken me of of my – the spell he had over me. I'm, I'm – I'm out on Hampson. I, the only way I'm turning now is if something greatly changes. There's a skills change, I'll, and I'll acknowledge it and say, okay, I'll, I'll jump back in now. But as yeah. it stands currently, I'm out. I'm sure I will get him on a team or two. Don't do it. Um, but, I mean, the problem is there are guys going behind him. And like we said, second base super deep uh, that I just feel a lot more comfortable with. Yeah, you know I mean? we just talked about uh, in – L.A. Chris Taylor, I'd rather have John Birdie. Yeah, like, Birdie's a better version. Yeah, so it's yeah. I mean, like I said, I will probably end up with him on a team at least at least one out of the you know seventy five thousand teams I have True. this year. Uh, but he's definitely not a target. This is a okay. he has fallen you know outside the top two forty two fifty. And it's like, okay, here's the time to take a shot. Yeah, we'll see. I probably still want it, but uh, I, I hear you. As long as you're not overpaying for Hampson, that's fine. Uh, this next guy I will target, though. I'm, in, I'm intrigued by Ty France. 
Mm-hmm. And he got moved over to the Seattle in that Austin Nola deal, that aforementioned Austin Nola deal. Playing time opened up, and he was already hitting with the Padres. He just wasn't playing much. He got 61 plate appearances, put up a 137 WRC plus with them. Goes over to the Mariners, gets 94 more plate appearances, puts up a 129. So, you know, he, he performed. Remember last year he had that obscene, obscene AAA performance. 399, 477, 770 uh, at, at AAA El Paso with 27 homers in just 348 plate appearances. Came up, played 69 games. Don't even say it, though, because they weren't nice. They were not <laughs> nice. He had 83 WRC+. plus. So everyone's like, ah, fluke, fluke, fluke. But then this year he showed, hey, no, I do have some of that talent that I showed in the minors. Um, the one thing I've been a little curious about, though, is didn't strike out more than... 18% at any minor league stop and was regularly in the mid teens, you know, uh, 14, 15, 16 range, has been 24, 25, or, or 24 flat, actually, a, as a major leaguer. That's a pretty big jump. And I, I wonder what's up with that with Ty France. But I think this could be a, a pretty intriguing bat. We talked about it with uh, Dylan Moore that why wouldn't they play him? He's even younger. I think he's even more a potential part of their future. He's only two years younger. I don't want to overstate it with regards to Moore versus France. France is only two years younger, but I do think he could feasibly be a part of their next good team. I quite like him, and he's priced to buy as well. I, I, I'm, I'm going to buy some Thai France shares for sure. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I don't think he's going to be a, a world beater, and I'm interested to see where he kind of fits in on their roster i guess dh yes Seager's gonna play evan white's gonna play so i mean he's he could play second if more goes to the outfield yeah we have jose marmalejos penciled in against uh at least against righties right now in the outfield i don't think he's holding that spot down necessarily uh mitch hanniger as much as i like him as a talent has not been able to stay healthy if he does then obviously a spot is one thousand percent his but if he once again struggles with health Again, Moore could jump to the outfield, and then France plays plays the infield. But even if he's, you know, just DHing, that's fine. He's playing every day. I, I, I think he's an everyday player, regardless, though, for Ty France. Yeah, I think he is too. I, and I, I disagree have... with Steamer six hundred. They put him on only a two fifty three average. I think he's better than that. I think he's better than that. Where they've put is his uh, power output. Because he's 20. not going to steal anything. 20? Yeah, 20 and 3 steals, whatever, on the steals. I think that sounds about right. Like, as much I, as I'm, I think... I'm good with that. Like, his exit velocity and hard hit percentage are putrid. Like oh, it, they really are. Whoa, 8th percentile and 11th percentile hard hit percentage. Um, okay, that's tempering me a bit. I didn't yeah. realize it was that This, this is Joe Panic. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like hey, two. It's hit, like two and twelve to oh, okay. 12, fifteen home runs. Help me understand this. I don't understand this. It's going to be hard okay. for me to do because it's. I mean, I think of Ty France as a guy who's got some pop. I think of a guy who's got some pop, and I think of a guy who strikes the ball well. And mm-hmm. this says that he decidedly does not. And what I don't understand, and maybe I just don't understand the components that go into it, is why is his ex batting average 288 in the 88th percentile with these poor exit velo and hard hit rates and mediocre barrel rates? If he's not yeah. striking the ball that well, 
He makes a wow. lot of contact for a guy of his profile. Like, 77% contact percentage, 85% zone contact percentage. Doesn't swing outside the zone. 44% sweet spot rate. Maybe that's playing a role in the expected batting average. I just... That just seems... Like, I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm... I find it weird that his, his ex-batting average is that good, given everything else in, in in play here. So maybe I just, like I said, maybe I just don't understand the, the components of expected batting average. In fact, I'm going to click on the glossary here and see if I can learn some things about it. Because it uh, it strikes me as a little bit odd that Ty France would have it. Okay, so that's a little bit, that puts a little bit of pause uh, on things there. I didn't realize that the, the, I was kind of judging him off the surface stats, I think, a little bit too much then, thinking that there was more more here to like. The stat cast is definitely tapping the brakes. But but here's the thing. He's still priced to buy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still not out on this. I'm not out on him either. Here. But, I mean, he d- this does put him below guys like uh, Wilmer Flores for me. Sure, sure. And by the way, I feel like he'd be aiming for a Wilmer Flores type career, like to like more again where it's batting average driven, but with some punch. So I could see that, but yeah, there are guys in this next group that I would take over France, but he's priced to buy, so I'm okay with that. But um, that that Statcast data, which I had not looked at recently, or or really I hadn't committed any of it to memory. I'm not, I can't pretend that I. I saw it, you know, earlier in the year and thought it was good. I, 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 I definitely did not see this because this would have been a red flag for me. I'd been looking at his performance for sure, so I was I was judging off the 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 surface results for sure on Thai France. All right, let's move to the next group here, and uh, it's a group of guys that I think are are more middle. So you should be putting them at your MI. Um, in fact, the next two groups are kind of like that: Gene Segura, Chris Taylor, Jerkson Profar. Mauricio Dubon, Robinson Cano, David Fletcher, Tommy Lastello, Ryan McMahon, John Birdie, Michael Chavis. We talked about Chris Taylor. Dodgers like him. Think they're going to keep playing him. I really like him. Um, how do you feel about him? Um, like I think uh, we've we've just waited for so long for someone to kind of unseat him completely uh, that maybe we have. <laughs> it doesn't over, happen. Yeah, it's just he yeah. he's one of those guys that doesn't go away. He's a great safety valve late in drafts, and he's going to mm-hmm. continue. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep drafting him. So I was kind of getting your, your snap thought to kind of move on from him. Yeah. Uh, you talked about John Birdie. I, I loved John Birdie coming in the season. He continued to run. He found himself playing time. They moved on from VR uh, because he was better than VR. He had only two homers. You're not expecting homers, but nine steals, 258 average. Can play all around the diamond. He's 31 years old. I think he'll continue to play for them as a super util. And you know what you're getting. Buy the speed, plan around the lack of power, and that's what you're getting. So uh, He's one he's of those guys that if you don't have speed early on in your draft, you grab and you know hope that he can just you know run amok. Uh, like yes. he's done at the end of seasons uh, recently, so I, I I totally agree with that. So I I like Bernie. I could definitely be see myself paying for him. What about uh, uh, let's pick a couple here that you like in this group of the remaining: Gene Segura, Jerkson Profard, Mauricio Dubon, Robinson Cano, David Fletcher, Tommy Lastella, Ryan McMahon, and Michael Chavis. Who, who are two favorites that stand out to you that you're like, hey, I'm I'm getting these dudes. I don't know if there's anybody that I'm getting or that I'm necessarily targeting out of the remainder of this group. I, I mean, okay. Cano is, like, n- no okay. one respects Cano. 
It, well, it's it's age based. It's, yeah. it's fantasy ageism, and we talk about this every year. We beat this drum mm-hmm. hard, but it's always prevalent, so it's worth pointing yeah. out. And and it, it doesn't get much clearer than this because this dude is never bad. Yeah. Uh, I, last year, outside he was of what? Yeah. Well, he was hurt in in 2019. And he I was about to give him that caveat. Yep. So yeah. and then sus- was he suspended in? In 18, yes. That, yeah, that so. was the PED suspension. But his 80 games that he did play were still great. And so he was awesome this year. He's going to be 38 next year, though. So you know the fantasy community's bugging on that on that age. Mm-hmm. But that keeps the price down. So you're still taking him, I take it? Batting average. Late batting average. I mean, we love it. He hit 316 in 2020, but he only has one season in his entire career below 270. And that was the hurt year in 2019. Like, which, which, yeah, you give a legit pass for. I and, I mean, we assume that obviously things can change with the Mets because things are changing with the Mets. But, like, he always hits, like, fourth, fifth in this lineup. And, and yeah, the, what they're paying him, too. Like, they, mm-hmm. I know the new owner is rich and everything, Steve Cohen, and he got stacks for days. You're not putting 20 mil on the bench. I'm sorry. Well, especially when mil. it's producing, it may not be it, producing the especially twenty mil. Good. Yeah, he, he may not be returning the the what the twenty four mil AAV. Um, he, you know, he's not returning that with his numbers. But I mean, he is a profitable player still, uh, and especially when the DH comes in the National League, they can put him at DH at times. Exactly. Uh, you know, to save him physically, to, you know, I, I mean, I don't think his defense is bad necessarily. No, I think but it, it, it remains uh, passable at least. He can play. So, yeah. I'm with you. That's a great call. Like, I'm, I'm taking Cano because the price, the age keeps the price down. The mm-hmm. stats are still strong. And another sleeper in the bust uh, adage, something that we talk about a lot is that late batting average. I always mm-hmm. used to talk about it with David Peralta. When you can find that that late oasis of batting average, uh, it's very rare I mean, and it's out there with Cano. And 10 homers in 49 games is nothing to really good. Like, sneeze at. Like, I mean, 228 ISO, man. He was yeah. popping the ball. So, yeah, great call out on Cano. Um, and speaking of other late batting average, David Fletcher, Tommy Lestella would fit in that category too. And they're younger iterations. Now they don't have near the power of Cano. So I think Cano is probably the best of those three. But if you did have that aversion to age and you still wanted the batting average, I think you could go with either of those two. We don't know where Lestella is going to be. Um, but if he's starting somewhere, then I, I do like him. And he added some punch last year that he showed to be, uh, to have some viability to it this year. And so I, I, I like him as well. Who's another one? And uh, I'm hoping you pick the name I want you to talk about. But if not, I'll, I'll, I'll direct you that way. But who else do you like? Um, I mean, I kind of like this is a group of guys where like I would be OK with. Like it's it's nobody yeah, perfect middles. Yeah. They're nobody like for MI. Nobody I'm going to like be fist pumping over. Like, you know, no, let me set you up then. Uh, your boy. Yeah, uh, I, I, I got his page up right now. Like, yeah, Dubon. Dubon is uh like a guy that I think especially if we're still playing with that kind of added jet stream in San Francisco mm-hmm. um that I I do kind of like he can play multiple positions now he's right-handed so he doesn't get to take advantage of uh the 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 uh the gate being uh closed and and what that does to the park but um I think he he's definitely got some pop I think he's got a, a decent amount of speed 
Um, well, I guess he doesn't have a ton of pop. Steamer six hundred has him for fifteen and twelve, though. That's not with bad. With a two sixty six, you know that 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 plays. Yeah, I would be happy with that. This is Mauricio uh, Dubon, by the way, twenty six yeah, years only old. Only struck former... out twenty percent of the time uh, this year. Walked eight and a half percent of the time, um, mm-hmm. which I think was you know something that. You know, he was a top-tier prospect for a little while when he was, you know, in the Red Sox system and yeah. then when he came over to the Brewers. And then he I was just about to say that. Yeah, just kind of never really got it together with the Brewers. But, I mean, there is a, you know, a, you know, a 15-15 guy, I think, here. Okay. And he's had his believers, including um, our buddy Eno. Yeah. Uh, Eno Saris has spoken well of him, too. And that's what kept has kept me intrigued. You're a Giants fan, so I kind of wanted to get your take. I, I, I never been I've never been in on him, but I hear smart people who I trust speak well of him. So I'm like, hmm, it could I could actually be wrong on this. So I well, want to see what the Giants my are, are a weird team right now because I really don't know what they're going to be doing in terms of they've got a lot of aging vets that are locked into contracts on this team. They're going to platoon a ton, but I think Dubon is this a recording. Is this for? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I thought. I thought an old recording started playing about the Giants having <laughs> aging veterans and being stuck in the middle. <laughs> that being Sorry, I'm said, our, our scant time that we have left uh, with a joke, but yeah. That being said, I think Dubon is playing every day. I agree because he can play, and, and that's another infield to outfield type mm-hmm. with that flexibility. Like we like flexibility in general, but when you can go infield to outfield, that's particularly special there, as opposed to just bouncing around the infield, uh, which has value, but but. The, the, the combo is very nice, too. So that that's a good call. You know, Gene Segura is kind of like always fantasy viable there. because he has he has some power. Yeah, he's, he's like he's like there. Uh, he's certainly coming back to the pack with with just two for four on the bases this year. He only stole 10 bases last year in, in 618 plate appearances. The speed is waning and. If it doesn't come back, that that really mitigates his fantasy value. But again, I agree with you about this group being like, they're fine. You know, they're fine. Let's end with this guy. Then we still have two sections that we can start. Part three. Uh, what? <laughs> we'll do part three. <laughs> we will do part three, but we will also start catch, uh, probably do the entire catcher. And that way we're not uh, stretching it out too far on Tuesday. But let's end with Michael Chavis because he was a big prospect. And he came up. Hit all those homers real quick, got everyone excited, but then went in the tank, man. He was brutal to end last year. And then this year, quietly just kind of sucked. And and about the only good thing that you can say, and it, it's tongue-in-cheek if you're uh, an immature tool like we are, <laughs> is that he had a 69 OPS plus. Yes. Nice. Not nice. But five homers, three steals, um, 212, 259, 377— so he's been bad now for a while in his major league sample uh, after the hot start. 25, though, next year. What is he? Obviously, he's got a lot of swing and miss. Can he be a legit 25 to 30 homer guy, though? Does he, is he going to make enough contact? Is he going to make enough adjustments? Where are you at on Michael Chavis as we go into his first full season next year? Oh... I I mean here's the thing I don't know that ball I don't think Boston are big spenders this off season, nor should they be right yeah no um and so I do think he's gonna get a chance to play and the fact that he can play the outfield second base first base um 
gives him a lot of avenues. Mm-hmm. I just worry about this, you know, what we saw in 2020 kind of being who he is. Yeah, uh, because, again, that's how he finished 19, too. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, do you really want a guy who's going to hit 220? Um, there you might do. be some pop there, but I just, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, like, 17 home runs, 220 batting average. Ugh, never mind, then. I need, like, 25 if I'm taking on that kind of terrible average. Yeah. I think you're underselling him on the power. He's got more power than that. What's the That's Seamer good. 600? I mean, uh, I think he does. 26. I just don't. I I know he's got more power than that. His, I mean, his profile. I just is worry about icy blue this year. Yeah, his, his stat cast for Chavis, and that's icy blue. Yeah, I just worry about how much good contact he's going to make. Swings outside of the zone thirty five percent of the time. His swing strike rate was seventeen point five percent, and that mm-hmm. was actually an improvement over twenty nineteen. Uh, I mean. Here's the weird thing. The only red thing he has on his profile was his sprint speed. Kind of fast. Really? 81st percentile. And he was 75th the year before. So he's like, it's not it's not necessarily new. Like, he, he can run a little bit. He's 5 for 6 as a major leaguer. Um, was 3 for 3 this year, though. Yeah, I wonder if that becomes an avenue for some sneaky fantasy value, if, if they let him run a, a bit more. Boston not really known for running, though. But I, I like I said, I need mid to high 20s power to take on that batting average and if if that's not what he can do i mean the, the projection likes him to do that 26 homers with a 238 average that i could i could take with six steals chipped in there There's for just Chavis. so many of those guys like exactly they, I mean, and that's why it's just not special like, I, I don't know is what that any comes. better like is that any better than a jonathan scope or I, that's exactly who i was going to say even if scope can do zero Torres. steals yeah i think his batting average is going to be markedly better to make up like, for that give me the nico goodrooms of the world or the, the colton wongs or the give starling me a guy castros I don't like give me rugnet odor instead because at i least was going to say speed... that but i was afraid you're going to be like no screw him <laughs> no I, and I don't like i don't like him i'm not a fan of him uh, as that, a fantasy player. That's more no my boy because, like, not only does he have, like, that batting average variance, um, but he also has a speed component to his game, which, you know, at least gives you, you know, something, you know. Well, you and could see like him said, put together a Marcus Simeon type year. Chavis had a good sprint speed, but Boston doesn't run. Mm-hmm. Texas has let Odor run even yep. with god-awful rates. Uh, so, yeah. I just I'm not going for Chavis. I think I would take many of the guys in the next group that we'll talk about on Tuesday ahead of him. So we'll do part three. We'll open with that. We'll do a similar uh, the way we did this. We'll talk about um, a few guys that we like. We won't talk about the remaining like 15 guys that we have, and then we'll do catcher because that should be a one episode type of deal because it's catcher. Um, so we did, will talk on Tuesday. Already, I thought we already did catcher. Did we? I, don't know. I thought we did first base only, first base and second, and we've done 19 second base. Did we do catcher? Am I the stupidest person ever? I don't know. I was just trying don't to... Don't answer that. I mean, I am, yeah. but that... We'll figure that, it out. We'll he, do something. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely do something. I don't. Or we'll we just catch. stretch this out into another hour. Oh, you know what? We did... Yes, we kind of did catch her because we did the two early mock hitters. We talked about the catching pool, but that was really just talking about a, a select group. We can still do more. We can do more catching talk, which is what the people want. Everyone wants to hear more about catchers. Of course. So we'll do three hours on catchers. Yeah. And then the rest of the second base pool. The Austin Nola <laughs> anyway, hour. You got to get out of here. 
Have a great weekend. We will talk next Tuesday. Take it easy.